This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. programs and welcome to episode 50 of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and i'm Derek diamond Ah, do you think we'd ever get to episode 50 it seems like just yesterday we were doing episode one it's it's crazy how time flies these days yeah i'm sure you it feels the same way for you but as i've gotten older it just seems like things go by so quicker i mean as we were talking a little off air you know baseball season for me is about to be over we've got three home games left it seems like yesterday we were just starting the season so yeah this summer has just flown by especially the it's crazy wait till you get like in your upper 30s and like years just start to fly by man it's crazy like i I still think it's like i'm still writing like two whenever i do have to write a check i'm still writing like 2012 (laughs) like what year is it Uh, but yeah, it, it's awesome that we've made it to, to episode 50 and thank you to all the listeners for, for supporting us, uh, writing reviews Absolutely. and all that fun stuff. Cause Ooh, it, there would be to... no nerd cave retro if not for the listeners. Yeah. I forgot to look up the, uh, the, see if we had any new reviews for this week. Uh, I did want to tell everybody that, that we have a, the biggest listener base that I could have possibly asked for, for this show. Like, you know, I've done shows in the past that do relatively well. Um, but this one has just like, I can't believe the download numbers that we get. And I'm like, what are we doing? Right. You know, (laughs) I don't understand. So there's a lot of you out there listening. I'm glad you enjoy the show. Nobody's given us really any negative feedback so far. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's coming eventually. Uh, the higher our numbers get, but um, I want to get those numbers even higher because I'm kind of like getting greedy at this point. So anybody listening, if you enjoy the show, just take like 10 seconds out of your day and head over to especially places like iTunes. If you could head over to iTunes and um, give us a review and it doesn't have to be long, just like a five or four star review or hell, if you don't like the show and you got time to waste, go give us a one star review and tell us you hate us. But just go over there and do something. <laughs> Give us a review, and that puts us up higher in the rankings. And that's for everywhere. I mean, that's like you can do it for Stitcher, for Overcast, um, Downcast, pretty much anywhere you can um, download the show at, you can leave a review. So please, if you like the show, just head on over and do that for us. That would that would be awesome. Absolutely. But uh, – I don't know, uh, just before we go into anything, I don't know if anybody is interested, but uh, the Pop Culture Palette this last week, we had a pretty interesting show uh, that came yes, out. Yes, you guys did. This week, because we, we promised our Patreon listeners that we would do, quote, drunk trivia. Um, so we were actually in the process of getting drunk while we recorded that episode. So you can listen to episode, I think it's 152, 
is the current mm-hmm. episode of Pop Culture Palette where we're drinking the entire episode. And then if you want to throw us a dollar on the Patreon, you can actually get the Drunk Trivia show. And uh, I haven't listened back to it yet. I'm kind of scared. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think about it. So if you're interested in listening to us get stupid and answer trivia, then please go do that. Yeah, it was interesting. You can definitely tell the progression from the beginning of the episode to the oh, end, especially God. Wally. He was so funny. By the end of the episode, <laughs> we were done. Because <laughs> I'm not a drinker, man. Like, the last time I think I drank was my birthday in May. So I drink, like, mm-hmm. maybe twice a year. And it doesn't take much. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it's good stuff, though. Let's go ahead and move into our news for this week. Our first story comes from Kotaku.com, and I was very excited when I found this headline Secret of Mana Remake announced for PS4, Vita, and Steam. Square Enix is remaking Secret of Mana. The beloved role-playing game will be released in North America on February 15th, 2018. In August 1993, the game was originally released as Saiken Densetu 2 in Japan. Hopefully I got that pronunciation correct. On the Super Famicom SNES, but sold outside of Japan as Secret of Mana. Earlier this summer, a Mana collection with Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and Saiken Densetsu 3 was released in Japan for the Switch. Now the second game in the series is heading to current PlayStation hardware and Steam. It's a full remake with full voice, uh, new musical arrangements, and other new elements like upgraded gameplay. It will also have local multiplayer on all platforms. Uh, and this is an update. An original version of this article said that the game would have online multiplayer, but that's not the case. Uh, and there are some screenshots that are below, and there was also um, a video. I don't know if it's still on there. I'm not. Yeah, yeah there is a video still on here. Um, well, before I give my thoughts, I wanted to, to get yours because I, I know you. I don't think you've played this game before. I never uh, did, but, but uh, if I got a chance to play it, I, I would like to because. Um... You know, it looks interesting. The The graphics are definitely up my alley. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, at the, the level that it was remade. You know, I was thinking, oh, it'll be just the game, the, an SNES port, but with brighter graphics and maybe remastered music. But no, it's 2D. It's what I call that 2D, 3D hybrid. Yeah. Where the the, the viewpoint of the game looks the same. But the graphics are are obviously much improved. I think having voice acting is very interesting. Um, and this will be kind of a segue into our next story. But you know, this is one of my favorite RPGs for the SNES, and it was one that I was really looking forward to playing on the SNES Classic. But with this remake coming out, I think this might actually add a new dimension to the game. Uh, you know, looking at it, uh, there are several scenes that I recognize. But just seeing them with updated graphics and watching the video with the voice acting, I think could make this game like a whole new experience for those who have played it before. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks interesting. I, like I, like you said, I've never played this game. I didn't even know about it back in the day. It kind of slipped me by. So I would be interested in playing this because, you know, it it looks 
um like i like the way the graphics are have been updated like don't get me wrong i've seen screenshots of the original when we talked about it a couple of months ago and the graphics for the rpgs on and most of the rpgs on the super nintendo were always great back in mm-hmm. the day you know bright colors um the dungeons always look nice the the character designs everything was always good but to see the these pictures of the updated graphics it just looks so good it really does and it's one of those games that you know it's announced for february 2018 and like why can't this come out in like a month (laughs) because i would i would absolutely love to play it and there's a a limited edition bundle um in japan that looks like it comes with the game um a soundtrack and little figures of the three main characters but it says no word yet if the north american version uh will have a limited edition if it does I'll probably get it just because it looks like it comes with a book as well. Yeah, I was going to uh, say that. It looks really cool. And the soundtrack is one of my favorites out of any SNES game. There are songs that make you feel sad, feel happy, um, <laughs> songs that will give you chills. It gives so many different emotional responses. And I, I would put the soundtrack you know, up there with any SNES game. So I, I'm really excited to play this. You know, if, if the – North American version, if we don't get a limited edition, I'm still going to get the regular game. If it, yeah. if the limited edition comes out, I'll definitely get it. This limited I'm really excited for it. looks pretty beefy. I mean, if it comes out in the States, it looks like this would be the version to pick up. Like, just that book, it, the book itself looks really nice. Like, it looks like it's some kind of maybe, um, maybe uh, like a book, like artwork book or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it looks, looks to really be nice. about the same size as the Zelda books that were released not too long ago. Yeah. There was a, a Hyrule Historia book that kind of went through the history of the games, and then they did one solely with artwork. Uh, if I were to guess, I would agree with you and say that it will be artwork. Uh, but it, I'd still love to see it because you know, just the cover still. It's one of those things that as soon as you look at it, you know what it is with the giant tree and. You know, the three main characters standing underneath it. And the tree actually plays a very important part in the game for those who have not played it. But But I'm excited for it. I'll definitely get this when when it comes out. But this is on the Super Nintendo Classic, right? Yes. Speaking of the Super Nintendo Classic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Nintendo bungled it yet again. Um and uh, actually, Brian C., one of our listeners, texted me the other day and said, hey, you can go pick up a pre-order right now at uh, at GameStop for a Super Nintendo. And I'm like, I I didn't even know. You know, I was at work. And on top of that, I just been a, dropped a good bit of money to get a new car because my, you know, yeah. my truck exploded a few weeks ago. So I'm kind of broke right now for the next couple of weeks. And I wasn't even expecting... Um, them to do pre-orders until at least September. So I'm yeah. just crap out of luck. I didn't even try. So I, you know, I, I did, I know you did. And I, uh, I know you were originally when it was, uh, accidentally sent out by Walmart, you had gotten one and now you're crap out of luck. So there's a lot of irritated people at Nintendo right now. And rightfully so, because one, they didn't let anybody know what was happening. Two, um, unless you you know have a blood bond with uh, or know someone that works at 
you know, GameStop or, you know, Best Buy or whatever, you didn't even know it was happening. So what are we supposed to do, Nintendo? I mean, do you hate us? Like what, what's going on? They just, somebody doesn't know what they're doing over there. Yeah, it was interesting because I looked, um, I was just randomly on Facebook one morning and it said SNES classic pre-orders are now available. So I'm like, oh crap. So I, first thing I do is I go to Best Buy. I go to their website. It says not available. So I was like, oh, here we go again. I've, I've seen this movie before. Then I go to Target. They don't have anything. Go to Amazon. They don't have anything. Even go to Toys R Us. They don't have anything, which I, I will say – Toys R Us released a statement saying that they were not going to do pre-orders, even though an article I read said that they were. Toys R Us themselves came out and said, if you want one, you've got to come to the store the day it's released and get one. So it, it was it was very interesting, to say the least. I was just – I wasn't really surprised because I thought that I might have like just missed – the mark to get one because the the post I had read was made like an hour beforehand before I actually read it. So I was like, Oh, well maybe they just, you know, just released them. But then I found out, Oh, it was in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. My thing is why couldn't you do like, say you're going to say you're going to do pre-order starting September 1st, which is on a Friday, which would have made, more you sense. could even, yeah, you could even that Monday say, Hey, we're going to start doing pre-orders this Friday, September 1st at whatever time. If, even if they had announced midnight, I would have stayed up to get one. You know, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Target, Walmart, all these places. Yeah. But they just kind of did it. Without and any fanfare I, or I don't, anything. And I don't really understand why. I don't either. The, the only... Oh, go ahead. The only th- the only thing that I will say is that they claim that they are going to release more. So my plan is I'm going to actually go to a store mm. on the day that it comes out and I'm going to try to get one. If it turns out they're like, "Oh, well there's only 4 in stock or 8 in stock." Then that that's going to I'm not going to say it's going to make me completely lose faith in Nintendo but it, it's really going to hurt that's why I'm not it's even really going to try hurt. this time around you know I mean the, the scalpers have already gotten their claws into it um, yeah it, I just unless you have a bond uh, some sort of you know friendship or family member or whatever that works at some retail store you're not going to get one unless you're, you know, you get there. Like even at Target, they open up at what, like nine in the morning. You're going to need to be yeah. there at the night before to get in line to get yeah. your little ticket to get up there and get one. I'm sorry, Nintendo. I'm 40 freaking years old. I'm not going to go sit outside of a Target, you know, at midnight to get your machine. You know why? Because I have a working Super Nintendo on the shelf behind me. And I can go to a flea market and get all these games. It might cost me a little more than eighty bucks, but you know what? I don't, you know, I I don't have to have you playing with my emotions in order to for it to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, and that's what I feel like Nintendo does is 
they're not doing any favors for themselves by, and, and I know people say they're not doing this, but creating like artificial scarcity and the things that they're known for doing the past, what, 30 something years, creating this, uh, you know, frenzy for their products. And they can say all day that, that this is not what's happening, but that's what's happening. That's what they're known for doing. That's been their business model for 40 years now or almost 40 years. And it doesn't work anymore. It pisses people off. It, and you're it's not, not gonna, 1996. Yeah, it's you, 2017. It's a completely different time. You're not going to gain any new uh, new customers that way either, because I can guarantee you, you know, millennials like yourself and younger um, don't want to have to wait for things. And they don't, you know, if, if you can't get one, then it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, people don't search things out and, and wait for things anymore. I think that's kind of a, a dying thing with, you know, I'm kind of that weird generation gap between Gen Xers and millennials. So I think I'm like the last dying breath of that where people will go and wait for things. It's just it's not that world anymore. And they're not going to create yeah. new customers by doing that. It's not going to happen. And they need to just stop doing that. Just stop it, Nintendo. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whenever it comes out, I'll try to get one. But if I can't, then I'll just be – it'll just be kind of a whatever thing. You know, if I eventually get one, then that's great. Because I do really want to play Star Fox 2. Well, I do too. That would I'm be – that would be my main reason for getting it. Well, same would be here. to play that game. You know, I'm not going to break my neck to get one. I'll keep my eye out for one if I happen to be in Target or Best Buy and just happen to roll across like one that was forgotten about or something. You know, nobody, somebody stuck it behind a, a you know, a, a vacuum cleaner or something to come yeah. back and get it later, and I come happen to find it. I'll buy it. I'm sure, I'll buy yeah. it, but. I'm not going to go out of my way to hunt one down. Not when I yeah. have an original one sitting on the shelf behind me and I can go get any of the games I want for it. Yeah. So screw you, yeah, Nintendo. Not, I just don't get it. <laughs> but, I, just, I, I mean, I really don't. Like it, it, it makes no logical sense to do that. It doesn't. And to do I, what they've been doing. I don't get why they still do that to this day. But... On some happier notes, let's go ahead and move into uh, this month in video game history. Uh, and this rounds out August for us since it's the last show of the month. In 1987, on August 22nd, Nintendo releases The Legend of Zelda in America and Europe, the first of one of their longest-running and most popular series of games. I think I've heard of this series think, before. Uh, yeah, I kind of heard about it. It had a couple of sequels, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't it okay. come out on on like the the uh Intellivision or something like that? <laughs> yeah, the 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 Game Boy game was pretty good. Yeah, it was. But all right. uh, in, in all seriousness, I mean it's it's my favorite franchise of all time. Yeah. Like it's one of my one of my most proud accomplishments in like me as a gamer was when I finally beat the original Zelda game. They had done a, a re-release for Game Boy, and that was where I finally beat it. It I'll took be honest, a long time, but 
when I when I beat Ganon and saved Zelda, <laughs> like I, it was one of those where I put my Game Boy down and I was just like, I own the world. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, I have to turn in a little bit of my retro gaming geek card. I never finished the original Legend of Zelda. I had it. I played the crap out of it, but I could never finish it. And then once Zelda 2 came out, I played it, and then I was kind of like, meh, I don't want to play this anymore until um, Link to the Past came out and totally redeemed it on Super Nintendo. And by then, on I just Aug- never went back and finished it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's it's a long game. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's understandable. But on August 28th in 1987, Konami releases Castlevania II Simon's Quest. It is the second Castlevania title released for the NES following the original Castlevania. Now, I recently just played Castlevania 1 for the first time, and obviously I haven't touched Castlevania 2. But I I like the first one, oh, and I first look forward to playing it more. The second one, is, it's way too much of a departure. Uh, it's a lot more involved, a lot more RPG elements, and it's really hard mm-hmm. to navigate um, because there's it's, it's almost kind of like the difference between um, Legend of Zelda and Legend of Zelda 2, you know, the, like it was just a complete like 180. That was kind of yeah. the same thing between Castlevania 1 and 2. Not saying it's a bad game, but there's just a lot of elements in Part 2 that just got on my nerves. And actually, Part 2 was the front one I played first. And I was like, man, this is not good. And uh, because I got it because there was uh, it was in... Uh, Nintendo Power, and I was really interested mm-hmm. in playing it, and I just I didn't like it, and it took me a while, like a year or two, before I actually went and played Castlevania, the first one, and then I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. And on 1988, in August, Sega releases Altered Beast, later ported to the Mega Drive Genesis, where it was packaged with the console in North America and Europe. Um. I had never played Altered Beast, but I used to see uh, the advertisements for it all the time in the video game magazines at the time. Because that was yeah, the, same here. That was the, oh, the back end game with the Genesis before um, Sonic became the the Sega mascot. Yeah, I, I know the title of the game, and I seeing the screen caps, I recognize it, but I never played it. Yeah, I didn't but I definitely that. know of it. Uh, in 1989, in August, Nintendo of America introduces Enix's Dragon Warrior franchise to North America. I feel like we've talked about Dragon Warrior before. Yeah, we talked about this quite a few times. It goes by a different yeah. name in uh, Japan. I think it's Dragon Quest in Japan. But they actually, there's yes, a lot of games is. in this franchise. Uh, and I actually have mm-hmm. the very first Dragon Warrior for uh, Nintendo. And I want to do uh, a thorough review of it i've been wanting to do it for about two years now but i just i haven't had the time to really get into the game and play it um i did mm-hmm. play it a lot when i was a kid but i know it takes a lot to kind of get into it like even more so than like legend of zelda it's a long game it's it's a straight up like jrpg type with like encounters and all that kind of stuff and uh you know it's a, it's a hardcore RPG, so it'll take a lot for me to kind of get into it. But I, when I do, I want to do a very thorough review of it. Yeah. Uh, and August 26th of 1989, Nintendo releases the Zelda Game & Watch. Did you ever have any of those, the Game & Watches? 
they released um, some Game & Watch games for the Game Boy that I played, but never the Zelda one. Like I've known of the Zelda Game & Watch game, but I've never had the opportunity to play it. My brother sent me a picture. Uh, my brother is, um, they do a lot of stuff. Um, they have an antique shop, and he does a lot right. of um, hunting for just different antiques and things like that. Um, but he sent, he, he, he does most of like video game stuff and music. Um, and he'll send me pictures of stuff that he runs across. And he came across a game and watch not too long ago, but I can't remember which one it was. And I think it might've been for like donkey Kong or something like that. Um, and he was asking me because he had never heard of them before. And I, I told him, I was like, this was kind of the precursor to the Game Boy. So if you find one in really good condition, pick it up because you can really make a turnaround on those. Yeah. Yeah. I've played very little of the Game & Watch games, but I mean, they're they're pretty fun. Yeah. If you can find them, pick them up because especially people that don't know what they are, they're just going to do nothing but rise in value. Yeah. On August 27th, 1992, Nintendo releases Super Mario Kart, the first in the Mario Kart series, creating the mascot go-kart subgenre of racing games. I think this is honestly one of the most important video games of all time because look how many hmm. sequels that they've had since then. Look how many oh, spin-offs they've had. They've had a Crash Bandicoot racing game. They had a Sega racing game. You know, it, it inspired a whole genre. It really, like it says in the description, it created a genre of video games. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. Mario Kart's great. I can't believe that came out in 92. I thought it was later than that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, in 1993, August 6th, Square releases Secret of Mana for the SNES, the second in a series of action role-playing games, the first technically being Final Fantasy Adventure for the Game Boy in 1991. Uh, definitely added this in to kind of go with your... Uh, your news story for tonight. Um, and wow, 1993, that was 24 years ago. We're coming up on 25 years, man, on some of this stuff. And like, that just blows my mind because back at this time, back then, 92, 93, you think 25 years before that was in the sixties. And like, that stuff yeah. seemed old then, you know, I'm like, wow, do these kids think that this stuff is old <laughs> you know yeah it's crazy because some of our um at work some of our production staff members are in like their late teens early 20s and i'm like this stuff came out before you guys were even born <laughs> you know i was uh, i was playing this game when i was a kid and you weren't even in existence yet we're old Derek. we're getting old we are <laughs> we are i definitely feel old uh, I have the energy of a man twice my age. Me too. Three times my age. Sometimes <laughs> I think I'm dead. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead definitely. and talk about books right now before we move into our review for the night. Yeah. So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um. I haven't had much time to really listen to anything over the last week or so, but I did just start uh, Superpowers, which is a original superhero story by an author named Drew Hayes hmm. that I recently got to interview on my podcast. So you can 
check out. I think it's episode 149, 148 or 149 of the Derek Diamond Experience. And um, he has he has a lot of good books. Um, so I used a credit to get Superpowered Year One. Um, I'll let everybody know what I think of it as I progress through the book. Oh, it's actually kind of a long one. I think it's like 26 or 27 hours long. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's it's <laughs> going to be a long one. So Lord it of might the Rings be, or what? <laughs> it might be a while before I give my full review of it. Wow, I haven't been listening to anything lately. It's just been all podcasts lately for me. Yeah, but to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. And this week we're going to be playing That's right, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 2 tonight uh more specifically the n64 version uh, i got asked on uh facebook the other day if we were going to be doing the playstation or the nintendo version and i have the n64 version that's the one i've played the most over my lifetime i have played the playstation version and uh, funny story about that when this game first came out uh, I was staying for the weekend at a friend of mine's house, uh, his parents' house, and uh, he had just gotten a PlayStation for, uh, for I think, for his birthday or Christmas. So, well, something like that. Um, so he didn't have uh, the little memory card. He didn't have mm-hmm. any memory cards for it. But we went to this place called uh, Third Avenue Software, and rented this game because we wanted to play it so badly. Um, and Third Avenue Software was awesome back in the day. It was like it was the one like little mom and pop rental shop in our town where you could actually go and rent like movies, laser discs, uh, video games. You could actually rent um, computer games and software from there. It was the only place I've ever seen at, that you could uh, rent computer software from. It was weird. Um, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, um, and I didn't know you could do that, but I, it must have been like bootleg software or something. I don't know how they got away with doing that. Um, but yeah, we rented this game, and we literally stayed up all night playing this game, uh, taking, uh, you know, going back and forth, um, just playing the game through. And we never finished it, but uh, I remember we got really close to the very end of the game. I don't remember exactly where we were at. I do remember distinctly I had fallen asleep at one point and woke up and my friend was fighting the big alligator down in the sewer. And I know that's mm-hmm. kind of close to the end of the game, but I don't remember actually finishing the game. We had to finish it in one sitting because we didn't have any way to save the game, which sucks. Um, and yeah. I actually looked up a play, uh, I'm getting a PlayStation uh, over the weekend, just to kind of price them and see what they're going for nowadays. And you can get them for relatively cheap. And I'd like to get one because I really would like to play this uh, for uh, for the PlayStation 1 um, because you have the dual analog sticks. 
with the PlayStation, yeah. but with Nintendo, all they had was the one analog stick, which makes this game really hard to play. Um, and you get used to it after a while. Like I was really good at playing this game back back in the 90s when it first came out, when I had it for Nintendo 64. But um, it's still, I've been playing it a lot over the last few weeks. And it's still like every time I go to play it after not playing it for a few days, I come back to it. It still takes me a while to kind of get back into the, you know, learning the controls again. But before yeah. I get into all that, let me tell you a little bit about the game. Resident Evil 2, known in Japan as Biohazard 2, is a 1998 survival horror video game originally released for the PlayStation. Developed by Capcom as the second installment in the Resident Evil series, Resident Evil series, its story takes place two months after the events of the first game, Resident Evil. It is set in Raccoon City, an American community whose residents have been transformed into zombies by the T-Virus, a biological weapon developed by the pharmaceutical company Umbrella. In their escape from the city, the two protagonists, Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield, encounter other survivors and are confronted by William Birkin, the mutated creator of the even more weaponized, uh, powerful weaponized pathogen, the G-Virus. And the one thing I always thought was so cool about this game was you had the two different players. You had Leon and Claire. So no matter who you pick to play, you could always, you always go back and you play the second part of the game from the other character's perspective. And everything you do in the first game, whoever you played, affects things in the second game. So that was a completely new concept uh, back then. Wow. And it, it still holds up. Like... You don't hear very many games doing that these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you think of one? I can't. Mm -mm. It, it reminds me of a concept that Rare was going to do with Banjo-Kazooie and its sequel, like events from game yeah. one would influence game two, but they didn't, I don't know if it was technology, but they never really quite pulled it off. Well, even Mass Effect sort of kind of does that with, you know, you, you play the first That's game true. and then you take your save into the second game and you take that save at the end of the second game into the third game. So you kind of keep your character going through everything. But this is basically the same story happening like for two different people, the same time frame. So like if you're one character and you go into one area and you pick up a box of bullets. Well, if you when you go into your second game and play the other person, that box of bullets won't be there. So you have to strategically leave things um, for the second time you go through the game, or you're not going to have any weapons or you know uh, first aid spray and things like that. And you can leave things in um, these uh, chests that will transfer over to the other game too. So mm -hmm. it, it's just really cool the way it works. And, you know, there's different parts where these two characters meet up in the game, like uh, Claire and Leon both meet up in certain spots inside the, um, the, the, the police station. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really cool. Like, have you ever played this game, Derek? I've actually not fully played through any Resident Evil game. The only one that I have played is when they remade the original for the GameCube. Yeah. And I briefly played through it, but I just never really got into it. Well, but I, the, I do like the concept of the franchise. I really do think you need to give this game a try. Um, and if you're looking for a fast-paced game, this ain't it. 
this is mm -hmm. a very slowly paced game um, with lots of puzzles um, and each puzzle leads to the next puzzle and and you know you find different keys like uh, the, the bulk of the game takes place and um, you start the game out as Leon you're coming into the city um, and basically everything's gone to shit. And, you know, the car crashes that you and uh, Claire are in. Um, so you basically split up at the very beginning of the game. And you can play either Leon or Claire. And you have to mm -hmm. make your way to the police station, which um, there's kind of a crappy uh, save feature in the game where you actually have to find... Um, uh, you have to find typewriters in the game, but you also have to find ink ribbons in the game to be able to save your game. So, you know, like the whole beginning of the game, you can't even save anything until you get to the police station, which is where the bulk of the game is played. And this has got to be the biggest damn police station I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like who built this police station? <laughs> because not only is it like the size of a city, but like who made all these puzzles where like, <laughs> you know, like, these giant moving pieces and like, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like I'm playing this game the past, you know, week or so. And I'm like, who built this place? Like who thought of this shit? Like why, <laughs> why is he hiding things? And like, why I just, you know, but then I would just like, it's just a game. Just keep, just go with the flow. Um, but the, the thing I noticed about this game and it, and it really brought back a lot of memories for me is when you play this game, play it with headphones. Because the greatest part about this game is it's got some good music to it, which it, it's used sparingly to create atmosphere. But yeah. just the sound design on this game is still outdoes any game I've heard since. Um, everything from when you're walking through areas like your your footsteps are different, whether you're walking on carpet or grass or you know metal stairs or um, you're walking through a hallway and like you hear the zombies or, you know, a liquor coming around the corner. <clears throat> um, or if you walk outside and you just hear like, you know, like wind and like ambient night noise, but you hear like zombies moaning off in the distance and it just creates this claw, like you're in this city, but it's just so claustrophobic feeling in this game yeah and i can't you know i can't like you just you have to play it with headphones and just experience it and you know in the best sound possible because the sound design in this game is still top notch like i just i can't praise it enough that's awesome like i've never really thought about that much detail when it comes to ambient background noise for a video game that that sounds amazing Oh, it, it totally creates the atmosphere for this game. <clears throat> and, you know, the the graphics still hold up pretty well. Um, the character models, like the zombies, they look a little blockish, you know, like that kind of... Uh, a lot of the N64 games look yeah, like that. But, I mean, it's not just that. It's that whole era of video games where yeah. it's like we're still kind of moving into the 3d environment, but the environment looks great. And like the character models for like Leon and Claire look great. Um, especially like the cutscenes and stuff are like top notch, like CGI for the day. Um, and, but you know, like the zombies, 
and they could have been a little more detailed. And that's why I wish that um, I wish they would go back and redo this game and and really update the graphics for it. And they wouldn't have to do much else. It's mostly just the graphics that need to be updated because the sound design is still there. The voice acting is it's it's okay. Um, I mean, it's you know it's it's '90s video game voice acting. Um, it's okay, but you can look past it because of how good the game actually is. Um, but you go through the game, and um, I'm since I'm an old man, I play it on easy, so I have the most amount of bullets. Because if you play this on normal, the zombies don't go down easily. You will lay, waste a lot of ammunition in this game. Uh, and doing because it's very hard to run like through the zombies because they lash out and grab you and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but y you do spend a lot of time searching for uh, new weapons and uh, you know ammunition things like that. And let me tell you, there's still a lot of good jump scares in this game too. Like there's parts where you're walking through and arms will just bust out of the wall and <laughs> grab you. And like, you, I'm just like, Oh, oh God. <laughs> but it, it still holds up. Like I, you know, and this is the game that got me into the resident evil series because I didn't play the first one till after I played this one. Um, and I never even heard of the first one when, because this is right about the time I started to get back into video games kind of slowly. Um, and I remember mm -hmm. I had heard friends talking about this game and that's why I was excited about playing it because, you know, I came from the world of, you know, Legend of Zelda, um, Super Mario, and the only kind of horror games we ever had up until that point were like um, Splatterhouse and um, Friday the 13th and things like that. We didn't have anything like this was a whole different genre of, you know, this was survival horror. This was like you could get immersed in this story and the gameplay um, because the, the story of this game is so good. Um, you know, you're just trying, you're going through the whole game and you're, you're finding like um, different notes from people. Like you're going through offices and you're looking for like notes and things. And like you get the story as you go along of what happened uh, in this town. And it directly relates to what happened in resident evil one. So you're kind of getting the story of Resident Evil 1 as you go through this game. Um, and it's, you know, the further you get into this game, then you're you're fighting like the the nemesis. I think it's the nemesis at the end of this game, which he's kind of tough to take down. It's been a while since I've been to him, but, um, and, you know, I had, I still, I'll be honest, I haven't finished this game <laughs> in the last few weeks. I'm still only about maybe three quarters through it, but I did, I did finish this game a lot when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I probably completed this game all the way through roughly, I'd say over 10 times just going through this game completely, like playing Leon and then going through as Claire. And then you go through again, trying to, you know, play it a little bit differently. Um, and like, and there's also, I wanted to talk about this too. There was something called tofu where if you beat the game, so many times with Leon and Claire, you could play as a character called um, Tofu. And I never could do that. 
and I, I can't really find it here. If I find it before we get done here, I'll talk about it a little bit. I meant to look that up earlier, but I forgot to look it up. Um, was there anything? You one thing I one thing I did want to bring up. Uh, you mentioned that you wish they would remake this game. Well, I remember um, reading, you know, a while back that there is a Resident Evil Two remake in the works. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from, let's see, express.co.uk. Resident Evil 2 remake Capcom release date news as Allison Court provides new update. Uh, let's see. Resident Evil 2 remake was officially announced as a real project by Capcom last year, but has since been shrouded in mystery. The video which unveiled the project provided the barest details explaining that a remake had been approved by Capcom, although no information on how long it had been in development was given. Hmm. So it says here, uh, um, one of the developers warned that an update on the remake would take a while. And now it appears we might have finally got one. Um, it just says that, um, a remade version of the game will be out from Capcom soon. Now it says next year is the 20 year anniversary of the original game. So we could be getting it next year. That's awesome be a heck of a way to celebrate it yeah it says uh actually the the music of the nintendo 64 uh uses dolby surround sound and was converted by chris holzbeck um the team reworked the sound set from the ground up to provide each instrument with a higher sample rate than on the playstation thus resulting in higher quality music some features from the other enhanced ports based on the DualShock version do not appear in the Nintendo 64 version, such as the Extreme Battle minigame. Um, because I was reading here about uh, how the controls vary uh, because of the DualShock um, control after, let's see... Um, First re-release was the DualShock version, which incorporated support for the vibration and analog control functions of the PlayStation's DualShock controller. Um, then it says that the Nintendo 64 version of Resident Evil 2 differs from most of the other releases is the first of very few games released for the console to have FMVs despite the limited storage space on the cartridge. Over the course of 12 months and with a budget of $1 million, Resident Evil 2 was ported to the console by a staff of 20 employees. Um, the version offers features that were not included on any other system, such as alternate costumes, the ability to adjust the degree of violence, and, the, and to change blood color, a randomizer to place items differently during each playthrough, and a more responsive first-person control scheme. Additionally, the port features 16 new in-game documents known as the X-Files um, hidden throughout the four scenarios. Uh, they reveal new information about the series lore and connect the story of Resident Evil 2 to those of the other installments, including some that hadn't even been released yet at the time. So they put a lot of thought into this game when they were porting it over to the Nintendo 64 as far as yeah. adding all that extra stuff into it. I like that a lot. I, I love little advanced planning things like that. You know, little Easter eggs. Yeah. It says other visual enhancements include smoother character animations and sharper perspective corrected textures for the 3D models. See, and that's where I can't really do a comparison between the two. I wish I could. Uh, but like I said, I don't have a PlayStation, so I can't really do um, the comparison. But I do remember back in the 90s... Um, 
playing the original originally playing it on the playstation and then playing it on nintendo 64 even at the time i thought it looked better and played better at the time but i i wish i could do a comparison of the two well you know whenever you do eventually get a playstation and and play the the ps version we could do an episode dedicated on the comparison yeah but as far as a number score, what would you give this game? Because it sounds like you you would give it pretty high praise. Yeah, I still, I mean, even in I haven't finished the game again, the, this playthrough of this decade, <laughs> you know, mm. I even still I, as playing it as far into it as I have. I mean, I'm going to finish this in the next probably week or so. Um, I'm still going to give it. I'm going to give it a good 8.5 out of 10. I mean, that, that's pretty good. And I think if they could make a remake of this and put it out on like the Switch or PlayStation 4, whatever, and make the controllers, you know, the control of the game a little bit better, uh, I think it gets a higher score because I'm telling you, if you haven't ever played this game or it's been a long time since you play it, played it, go back and really pay attention to the detail that was put into this game. I mean, from, um, you know, the, the cutscenes that they put into it were pretty high quality CGI for the day, which probably cost a lot of money back then. Um, and then just the, the environment, I mean, the game is beautiful, even though it's mm -hmm. a dirty, grimy city and, you know, there's, there's blood everywhere. I mean, it just, it's still pretty sharp um you know graphics i mean the, like i said the uh, the character models are still a little bit uh, have that 90s blocky look to them but the game's yeah. so good you really just kind of look beyond it um and the voice acting's good mixed with the the you know the sound design of this game the music um and the story of this game. I mean, you just get sucked into it and you just keep playing. Like, you know, I got to get to the next, it's a lot like Zelda, you know, you're going through and you're, you're, you know, you're uh, doing all these different puzzles. Like you're finding pieces to the, that completes the next puzzle, or, you know, you got to find a key, you know, complete this puzzle to get uh, a key for a door that's on the other side of the, yeah. the station, you know, things like that. Now this game is full of stuff like that um and that's what i love about this game um i i can't praise it enough so if you've never played it give it a chance like this is this is up there as one of the greatest video games ever made i'll definitely have to go and check it out at some point like i said i've never really dabbled into the resident evil series that much but I, i'll add it to i'll add it to the list you definitely For should. Sure. And if you do, you have a, a PlayStation. I don't have a PS One, mm -hmm. but I do have a PS Two, and games are backwards compatible. So yeah, I think you I, could, I, I could I could get it and play it. I think you could. It'd be interesting if you picked up a copy of this and uh, were able to play it, and let me know what you thought about it and what you thought about the controls. Um, I definitely want to try to get a a PlayStation. Um, and this will be the first game I pick up for the PlayStation because I do want to do that comparison um, because everybody yeah. knows that the Nintendo 64 controller has problems and you play a game like this where you really need that second analog stick <laughs> to kind of yeah. get it not to be so wonky. 
But once you get used to it, it's it's really not that bad. And like I yeah, said, no, I'll definitely a, look out for it. It's a very slowly paced game. So if you're looking for a run and gun type of game, this is not the game for you. But if you enjoy games that are kind of slower paced, you know, you get parts of the story. Um, you got to figure out puzzles. Um, you know, go like, if you like searching like and finding, you know, you got to get over here to this place. But, the you know, this helicopter's busted into the building and there's fire everywhere. Well, you got to turn the water on. So you got to go, you know, find, you know, the the where you how you how to turn the pump on. But to do that, you got to solve this other puzzle. It's just it just kind of builds through the whole game like that. And it's just really, really awesome. And it's got yeah. zombies. Who doesn't love zombies? Yeah, everybody loves zombies. Yeah, so that that's my review. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. If you can find it, whether it's on PlayStation or uh, Nintendo 64, uh, if they do do the re-release next year, I am there day one. I will pick it up because this still to this day holds up as probably my favorite video game of all time. That's really high praise. That's really I high praise, but I, I look forward to playing it whenever I, I get the chance to. But I think that's going to do it for this week. Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we get out of here? Um, it, well, if you enjoyed hearing uh, me and Jason talk, you can hear it again <laughs> on this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience when us two and Wally Phelps do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles roundtable. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Ninja Turtles are great. We've talked about some of the games on this show. Uh, we get into video games, the cartoon, the movies, anything Turtles related. So definitely check it out because doing the roundtables now have become my favorite part of, yeah. <laughs> of, doing my, of doing my show. So definitely check it out. That'll be available on all podcast platforms on Thursday. Fantastic. That was a fun episode to do too. But other than that, uh, oh, next week, um, we're going to go from zombies to Pokemon. Uh, so we're kind of going from one end of the spectrum to the other. I'll Naturally. be reviewing uh, the surprise cult classic, and I'm going to be very interested to hear your opinion of it. Uh, I'll be reviewing Pokemon Snap for the N64. Sweet. It has one of the most simple concepts, but it's one of the most addicting games I've ever played. So I'm interested to hear Look forward to it. talking about that next week. Awesome. We went, wow, we went to almost an hour for this episode. Yeah, that's what yeah you we get. did. It's episode 50. So enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, like I said, uh, go check out uh, Pop Culture Palette this week. We uh, It was a rum-fueled episode. That's why the uh, name of the episode is Rum to the Hills. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so go check that out. But as far as us, let me turn on the music here and get up our stuff here. Um, you can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. You can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, go find us on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro, and you can find us individually at JFantastic, at Derek underscore Diamond, and we're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.